Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today is April 2nd, and uh, here in North Carolina, it is, um, we're getting a day late cosmic April Fool's joke, I think, because as I walked into the studio, I looked outside and I saw that it was snowing. This is disorienting and weird. So I had a very specific poem in mind today, but I'm going to rethink that and share with you a poem by Richard Wilbur called A Storm in April. Uh, it just feels appropriate. <laughs> You've heard from Richard Wilbur on this show before, perhaps too often, actually. But he lived from 1921 to 2017. He was uh, one of the most important poets of the 20th century in America. As I've mentioned before, he won the Pulitzer Prize twice in 1957 and in 1989. And this poem, as I said, is called A Storm in April. And this is how it goes. Some winters, taking leave, deal us a last hard blow, salting the ground like Carthage before they will go. But the bright, milling snow which throngs the air today, it's a way of leaving so as to stay. The light flakes do not weigh the willows down, but sift through the white catkins, loose as petal drift, or in an updraft lift and glitter at a height, dazzling as summer's least stir, chinked with light. This storm, if I am right, will not be wholly over, till green fields here and there turn white with clover, and through chill air the puffs of milkweed hover. Richard Wilbur, I saw an interview with him where he talked about this poem. He was, he was a reading, actually. If you want to Google it, you can hear him read it uh, on YouTube, and that's probably more desirable than hearing me read it. But he talks in there about how this is a poem about when the storm comes when you least expect it. That's the sort of obvious reading, I think, his, his implication there. But then he also says that in some ways it might also be some reflections on how to die such that you go on living. I think those are his words. And I'm fascinated by that line. I mean, in some ways, I wish he hadn't said it. <laughs> I wish I hadn't heard it anyway. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have shared it with you <clears throat> because I don't always like to know exactly what a poet was thinking um, because it can take the poem out of you know, my imagination. It can uh, change my experience with it in a way that um, I don't like until I've wrestled with it for a while. But he gives this image in the third line of salting the ground like Carthage. This, the winter, this, the last storm salts the ground like Carthage. And Carthage was a city in Rome. Well, it, that's actually not true. It was a city in, in Africa, northern Africa, and was the capital of the Carthaginian civilization. It's now in what's Tunisia, I think? I'll have to Wikipedia that, but it's North Africa. And the ancient city was destroyed by the Roman Republic in the before the, before the empire, you know, way before Julius Caesar. But then it redeveloped um, as Roman Carthage, I believe. And that became a major city of the Roman Empire in Africa. Um, it became a, a crucial connection point for many of the wars and much of the history that happened um, in, in Africa, in Northern Africa, um, as the Roman Empire fell, um, involving Muslim conquests. So it's a, it's a key historical city. And it's regarded that the legendary queen Dido founded it. Dido, of course, being from, from the Aeneid. Um, and I don't know that that's historically proven, but that's the legend. I'd have to do some research on that. And so... I'm fascinated by this image that he drops in here because on the one hand, it's this, this city, this ancient city, which was sort of a um, constant threat to the Roman Empire, to the most powerful empire in the world. 
Rome eventually destroys it, but then it comes back as this sort of central central turning point or central um, intersection point in the Roman Empire. Um, a point of conflict always, but also a point of proof of the power of Rome. A city that was both a threat and ultimately led to its fall, but was also proof of its power. Uh, that's such a fascinating image for him to drop in here, because this is not a poem full of tons of classical references. In some ways, it's a... Uh, relatively it's full of relatively simple images and only a few allusions to things like uh this carthage illusion but it's got wilbur's customary um eye for the natural world for just layering image upon image beautiful image upon a beautiful image in a way that almost creates a narrative that creates an if-then scenario if this happens then this happens it tells us that there are consequences to what you're seeing, that these images are not sort of independent floating images, but they have consequences. Their very existence has consequences. We were publishing an article in former journal um, in our spring issue written by my sister, actually, who's a Oxford-educated art historian. And she's writing about Monet and the Impressionists. And she talks in there about how the Impressionists were interested in capturing these very specific individual moments. And I think that they were after the power of the individual moment and what that can mean to the individual person, that there's consequences, in other words, to these moments. Um, you should read the article to hear more of her reflections on that, and she ties it to the Pre-Raphaelites and compares it to them. And It's a great article, so just be on the lookout for that if you're subscribed to Forma. But I think that there's something similar going on here where there's these individual moments and these individual images, and Wilbur is suggesting that there are consequences to them, that they lead from one thing to the next, and that that's what life is made up of. So with that, I won't say anything more. Uh, those are just some things that I find interesting about it. But I'm going to read it one more time, and then I'm going to head out and stand in the snow for a few minutes before it all melts by noon. Uh, but this is A Storm in April by Richard Wilbur. Some winters taking leave deal us a last hard blow, salting the ground like Carthage before they will go. But the bright milling snow which throngs the air today, it is a way of leaving so as to stay. The light flakes do not weigh the willows down, but sift through the white catkins, loose as petal drift, or in an updraft lift and glitter at a height, dazzling as summer's leaf stir, chinked with light. This storm, if I am right, will not be wholly over till green fields here and there turn white with clover, and through chill air the puffs of milkweed hover. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. I will be back tomorrow with another one for you.